I'm not that here to compare awesome. anyone's atrocities or tragic events that their families have dealt with generations of time. I'm just here to continue to expose things that our world continues to put in darkness. I'm a light. I'm a beacon of light. You sense any give up in the locker room? Hell no. What kind of questions that, Phil? You just crushed my dreams. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. I'm going to need some help from you on UNLV football. Um, did Marcus Arroyo really not go for it on two fourth downs in the fourth quarter? UNLV down right. 14 to seven. They had fourth and seven right. from the San Diego State 11 in the fourth quarter, and they kicked a field goal. And then down 14 to 10, fourth and five from the San Diego State 46, Arroyo punted. Yeah. And then San Diego San State, State ran the, ran ran the, the clock, clock out, out. never just, got the ball back. They just literally, I'm serious, they just ran. What? I don't know if they threw a pass. Why did he not go for either of those? I'm, I I don't know the answer to that question. The fourth and five from the forty six, running down the clock. I had no no idea why we didn't go for that. Like that, both of those. I um, maybe maybe fourth and seven from the eleven. Uh, seven's a little long. Yeah, but the fourth and five from the forty six with three. I think there was three something left because five forty one. Oh, there was five forty one. They 541 ran that much left. out. Yeah, San Diego oh, State I thought ran they the ran three something out. Well, no, that's even worse. That's even worse is five forty one because you you couldn't stop them. Yeah, I five forty one. I just uh, I don't know. You play a close game like that, and we've ta- I've talked about this before with Marcus Arroyo. It feels like when they play close games, they've had a bad record in close games. It feels like there's always a coaching decision that you can point back to and say, well, he cost his team a possession or he cost his team a chance to do something like he made it harder for his team. And both of those scenarios, I feel like you get to the 11 yard line. I know Brumfield threw multiple interceptions in the red zone there, but you get to the 11 yard line with a chance to tie the game in the fourth quarter. I think you got to take the chance to tie, to try to tie the game. Seven is pretty far. Yeah. I kind of agree with you on that. Now the fourth and five from the SDSU 46, I think that's more egregious. Like both of those, both of those are just playing passively. And I don't know if you, Here's the thing with the the second one there when you punt on fourth and five from the 46 down by four. Either either scenario, you have to get a defensive stop. If you punt it away, you have to get a defensive stop, which they did not do. Right. If you go for it, you just have to get, and you don't get it, you just have to get a defensive stop. In either scenario, even if San Diego State drives into field goal range, if you don't get it, they get up, they get, you know, 25 yards and kick a field goal. You're still down seven, right. right? You you have to get a defensive stop. You can't A, give up a touchdown, and you can't B, let them run 541 off the clock. In either scenario, kick it or go for it, that's the same scenario your defense is under. Yeah, because either way, you're going to have to score a touchdown. Right. So I can't understand why you wouldn't go for that. That, to me, seems kind of ridiculous. Um, the other question I had for you, Doug Brumfield, was he not like a game-changing quarterback in that game? No, he wasn't. And, you know, I look, I'll say missed two, almost three straight games. So, and San Diego State's good defensively. Right. They are good defensively. So you got to give credit there. They're not very good offensively at all. Um, I think it'll be better Friday through two bad interceptions, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, those were not like, I'm going to give my guy a chance and he's, you know, he's beating a guy. I mean, the first one in the end zone, totally covered. Kid just turns around and makes a play. And the second, I thought the second one in the end zone was actually worse and he was a lot closer in. So, those are bad picks in the end zone. And you can't, they had four turnovers, and I don't care how bad San Diego State is offensively. They're so good defensively, you're going to have a trouble four turnovers beating them. So 
There's a lot of reasons why, right? You're coming back from injury. You haven't played for a long time. San Diego State, uh, outside of Notre Dame, is probably the best defense UNLV will see. We'll see the entire right. season. Right? There's a lot of reasons. A lot of you know, they're excuses, but they're valid as to why Doug Brumfield wouldn't look as good in that game as he did earlier in the season. But I think the important question is: Did you watch that and think, "Oh, Brumfield will be fine for the last three games of the year," or did you watch that and think, "Uh oh, there might be con- some concern here for Doug I mean, Brumfield." I watched it saying I think he'll be better. Okay. Because he'll be better. The the biggest difference for this year's UNLV football team is that Doug Brumfield for the first five games played like the best quarterback in the Mountain West, which Absolutely. is something UNLV has they have not had n- since the forming since, of the Mountain yeah. West has right. never had the best quarterback in the conference. And they had that for five games with Doug Brumfield. And I know Nevada and Hawaii suck, right? But UNLV has to win two of their last three to go to a bowl game. If Brumfield is not best quarterback in the Mountain West, isn't this same old UNLV? Uh boy, same old UNLV is really bad. I don't know if they're that bad. I don't even even with Doug Brumfield not being at his best, I still think he's a lot better than what they've had in the past. Um I like the the running back played well the other night. He's he's supposedly healthy. I don't know if it's the same old UNLV. I do think though no matter what happens you and I've talked about this that Hawaii is 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 not as easy as people think when you go to Hawaii. Yeah. It's just not. It's not maybe they'll go win 40 nothing. We'll look stupid. But when you go to Hawaii, weird things happen sometimes. I think they beat Reno. Um but I'm I'm interested in the Hawaii game. Jay Kaner's back for Fresno State. He threw for like 450 against Hawaii last week, but he's really good. So I think I think Friday's hard to win and plus Fresno's playing for the the division. Right. I mean they 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 they're coming here Completely focused. Right. If you oversimplify, but if you just boil that game down to quarterback play, you're talking about playing probably the best quarterback in the Mountain West and Jay Kaner. Now he's healthy, yeah. Maybe Doug Brumfield gets back to that, right? But if you just boiled it down to quarterback play, you'd be leaning towards Fresno State. Yes. And Fresno, are they like 14-point favorites in that game or something? Was it that big? I thought it was double. I have to go double check. I thought it was double digits, even though it's here in uh, Vegas. But it's certainly, if if you're trying to count wins towards bowl eligibility... It's certainly not one that you're really relying on UNLV winning, and you're getting to a point where it's going to be a four and six team needing to win the last two games of the year to go to a bowl game. Because um, Fresno State's pretty good. Uh, can they beat them? Sure, but it's not uh, likely at the moment. Um, can I ask you a, a scenario question here that somebody on press row last night laid out for me? I'll give you an update nine okay. and a half. Nine and a half. All right. UNLV football, let's say they lose to Fresno State and beat Hawaii. They are 5-6 and six going into that final game against Nevada. Is losing that game worse than anything else that could happen to UNLV football? In terms of worse than anything can happen than what? Because I do think it's awful. I, th- I think yeah. it's awful. It's awful if you lose that game. You have a chance to be bowl eligible. You have a Reno team, even though Tony Sanchez beat them a couple times. Uh, this is not Reno. They're terrible. They're terrible. They're, this is not Reno. You have to win that game. So yeah, I don't know what could be much worse if you have a chance to be bowl eligible for the. Is it? It's, I think. I think the last time they went the heart of Dallas Bowl was the same year they went to the NCAA tournament. Twenty thirteen, right? Twenty thirteen. Yeah. So that's a long time not to be bowl eligible in a sport where everyone's bowl eligible on a given year. So I don't think there's much worse that could happen if they would lose that game with a chance to be bowl eligible. Zero and twelve is probably the worst. And I think second worst is a five and six team losing to maybe the worst Nevada team 
of all time. Decades, I, decades. I mean, I don't know enough about their history, but they've been good for a long time, right? And they're terrible this yes. season. They don't have they don't have a conference win yet. So, I, in all seriousness, I think five and six losing to this Nevada team is worse than going, you know, like three and nine in any given yeah, year. Yeah, because everyone's used to three and nine, right? Like that, you'd have expectations you lose that. So here was the scenario: was <laughs> if they let's say they lose to Fresno State. Would you rather just lose to Hawaii? That way, there's no possibility of Nevada ruining your bowl game, <laughs> and finish four and eight. Well, then you know. Oh, you you even if you beat Reno, right? And you whatever, still didn't have a chance to go to. But a bowl. they they didn't. You'd rather them not have the chance to ruin your best season in a decade. What would I mean? They're not going to say that, but you and I will say it. <laughs> you and I will say that because listen, as much as. As much as a bowl game is sort of like this carrot that hangs over UNLV football, does anybody really want to go to the Idaho Potato Bowl? Last bowl projection I saw, they were in Boca Raton. Does anybody really want to go to Boca Raton, Florida? Want to or will? Want to. Nobody like Nobody's going to care if they go play some Conference USA team at 9 a.m. on a random Tuesday in Florida. They're going to go, and yeah. it's going to be, hey, we got yeah. to a bowl game. But nobody's going to actually care about the actual bowl game. Right. If they lose to, I don't even know, Louisiana Tech right. by 90 in the Boca Raton Bowl, nobody really cares. No. Right. It'd be much more important not to lose to that game to Nevada when bowl eligibility well, is on the line. And you're saying that lose to Hawaii because the Nevada's a, a guaranteed loss? No, okay. Here, okay. The way I'm trying to phrase it is this. The worst possible thing that can happen right now for UNLV football going Lose, forward. Beat Hawaii and have a chance yes, to beat Reno is for the being bowl. being 5-6 and six and losing to Nevada, Nevada in for a bowl, a bowl game. game. That's the worst right. thing that can happen. The best thing that can happen, obviously, is you win out and you go to what The bowl? Arizona Bowl. Right. Like, And again, yes, you go to a bowl game. It's something UNLV strives for. But I feel like the worst case scenario is much worse than the best case scenario is good. If that, Which is to lose to Nevada when you have bowls on the line. Yeah, the worst case scenario is losing to Nevada as a five-win team, whereas the best case scenario is you're a six- or seven-win team Going and to you're in the Arizona Bowl. I'm just saying, like, that worst case scenario is so much worse than the best yeah. case scenario. I'm not going to argue with that. Yeah. It's a so, horrible scenario, right. given how, like you said, it's all predicated on given how bad Nevada is. Right. If because, this was normal Nevada, then yes. they yes. might not even be favored. Right. But it's a bad Nevada team. Now, again, UNLV should probably beat Hawaii, and they'll be big favorites against Nevada. So yes. if they beat Hawaii and they're 5-6, and six, they're going to go into that game. I'll, I'll sit here and tell you right now, they're going to beat Nevada by four touchdowns. Like, I, I honestly think they're going to beat that team by four touchdowns. But the 2% possibility of them losing that game <laughs> at home, too, is just a night. That's a nightmare scenario for UNLV football. That's terrible for UNLV football. So I just, somebody brought that up last night. Thought that was uh, relatively interesting. Um, one last thing on UNLV. I could guess. Yeah, yeah, take a guess. Huh? You can take a guess. Gramala. Yes, it was Gramala. <laughs> it'd he be asked, terrible. He asked the question. Yeah, it'd be terrible. That'd be a nightmare <laughs> scenario if they are five wins and lose to this Nevada team. It'd be, it'd be horrific for UNLV football. Um, all right. We need to do this and we'll go to break. Um, Coming up next is Bischoff's Breeze. But first, ESPN Las Vegas wants to give you rent for a year. You could win $15,000. ESPN Las Vegas and Aaron Taylor, the real estate guy, are coming together to give you a chance to win $15,000 to help cover your rent or mortgage or do whatever you want with it. All you have to do 
is go to lvsportsnetwork.com and enter for your chance to win $15,000 from ESPN Las Vegas and Aaron Taylor, the real estate guy. You must be 18 years or older to enter. Complete rules are available at lvsportsnetwork.com. Bischoff's briefs. Can't practice, can't practice. You're hurt, you're hurt. It's as simple as that. But it ain't about that. At all. You're sitting in here, you're supposed to be the franchise player. And yet here we are, talking about you missing practice. Bischoff's briefs. We talking about practice. You understand me? Practice. Not a game, not a game, not the game you go out there and die for, right? Play every weekend like it's your last, right? No, we talking about practice, man. Practice. You know you're supposed to be out there. You know you're supposed to lead by example. You're just shoving that all aside. So here we are. We're talking about practice. Not a game. Bischoff's briefs. Not the game. We're talking about practice with your team, with your teammates. The only place that we get to play together, we got control over. The rest of the time, it's us 11 against those 11. We're talking about practice, man. I'm talking about practice. And you can't do it because you're hurt, right? Fine by me. Bischoff's briefs. I'm very excited this segment because Ed might have to take a phone call, and I'm excited <laughs> to see you run out of the studio. <laughs> It's going to be great. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Exactly. Right in the middle of it. Yes. Um, so today's briefs um, is obviously about the Astros winning the World Series. It might be about that for the rest of the year. Uh, just so you know. Oh, I might geez. just. Yeah. Just it's every fine. day. Yeah. It'd be fine. Um, I thought about this a lot yesterday. I think Jordan Alvarez's home run is the second best moment of my life. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I oh, thought yeah. it for a long time. I was like, it might be number one, but I did bump it down to two. Um, to the proposal. Yes. I think my proposal is number one. I'm very proud of myself for the proposal because it was, it was fun and it was elaborate. Yeah. So I'm very proud of myself. So I think my proposal is number one and Jordan Alvarez's home run is number two. I told you guys, <laughs> it's great. It be her saying yes. <laughs> That's the same thing. Yeah. yeah it's whatever. all encapsulated. I mean, it's it's all a package deal. It's all the same moment. Yeah. Um, I told you guys yesterday, I almost fell onto the, the chair and the girl in front of me. Yeah. After he hit the home run, because I, I I jumped. Um, I what I forgot to tell you is how I awkwardly hugged the guy and his daughter next to me. His daughter when it Aww. happened too. So his the, daughter. The people sitting to my right was like she was probably like thirteen years old, and then her. I assume it was her dad. And when he hit the home run, at one point the guy like went to high five me, and I thought he was going to like give me a side hug, so I just gave him a side hug too, and his daughter was in between us, so that was a little awkward. You committed as well. to it though, and you followed through. Like yeah. there's nothing worse than going halfway and then be like, oh, you wanted the high five, and yeah, the, yeah. the timing's already moved on. You did well. Yeah, yeah, I, and I didn't think about it until like you know 20 minutes later. I was like, oh, it's a little weird. Yeah, but that, so yeah, <laughs> so yeah, that was great. Also, that girl sitting next to me. Loved her. She was great. Like real fan. She didn't. She didn't like yell a lot, but she would kind of mutter under her breath every now and then, and it was always "You've got to be bleeping kidding me," <laughs> no, and stuff like that. It was great. And you it was think great. She, and you think she's 13? 13, 14, something in that oh, neighborhood. It's oh right yeah, in the, she was phenomenal. Right in the sweat box of just, fandom. Just the entire <laughs> yes, legit. Just the entire time of just any like. Something small would happen, which is exactly how I am, right? When I, if I'm watching a game on TV and the ump misses a call, I'm like, you bleeper, right? <laughs> She's the same way. My day is ruined. So that was great. Um, so yeah, I do think the Jordan Alvarez home run, second, second best moment of my life. Pretty sure that's uh, that's where we are with that one. I I couldn't think of anything else that was better than that. Like the U.S. beat Mexico Have in a the child. Gold Cup. 
No chance. That, that'd be worst moment. What's your best moment of your life? So I think number three is when the U.S. beat Mexico in the Gold Cup last year at Allegiant oh Stadium. You were there? That was phenomenal. Yes. And that was like a, they scored in like the 117th minute or something like that. It's like the latest goal in Gold Cup history. That was phenomenal. Um, I think when high school basketball team won the state championship, that was pretty good. I got a ring for that one. Didn't, didn't actually play, but I was on the bench. It was still fun. Um, so yeah, but I think it's better than both of those. So very excited about that. Very good. Also, I should note, um, I missed this Lindsay when you asked me yesterday, who was the most obnoxious people there? Yeah, it was the couple sitting next to me because they, on the other side, because they left like seven times to go oh to the concession stand or to get beer and stuff. Those yeah. people are the worst. And then in the eighth inning, they asked me what the score was. Oh my God. Oh, <laughs> Is that a world series right? game. Oh, like. <laughs> They knew uh, the Astros were winning, I guess. date night for them, I guess. Right. My God. But they... Paying that kind of money. They're having yeah. transcendental life experiences, and they're like, yeah. what score is it? They, like, they celebrated when Jordan Alvarez hit the home run. Social so cues. They were aware that the Astros were winning or something good happened, but they, they did not know what the score was. Also, their score. Are you middle aisle right now? I was the fifth seed in. Oh, so you're getting up every so, damn yeah, time. So, yeah, you're getting up. Oh, they were to your right? They were to my left and X and So you didn't have to get up every time no, no, they, they left. Did. Every I was time. Say, oh. No, every, so no I did. disturbed your experience. You did. Yeah, every time they left, I had to stand up and let them by. That's a disaster. Yeah, yeah. The girl did apologize every single time she went by, but it was still like. I didn't say a damn thing, I'm like, sure. I didn't leave no. my seat once the game started. Right. And I and I knew I wasn't because my what I did is I went and bought two bottles of water and a pizza. And I actually didn't end up eating the pizza, but like, oh my god, yeah, you, you bought the pizza. How and you much didn't did eat you it? pay for it? Twenty bucks. I took oh it home. My god. Oh my no. I took it home and ate it that night and oh. then the next day. It was fine. Um, what you have yeah. leftover World Series pizza? Yeah, it was great. Pizza. <laughs> That's pizza amazing. Pizza's not bad, but like, I bought. I here my because I was like, I'm not leaving my seat once the game starts. No, I'm not hungry right now, but I am going to be hungry at some point. But I never thought about You left food. that ballpark carrying a pizza. I did, yes. I, I can't believe you just stuck it under your seat and just let it ferment there for a while. That's fine. Like, ugh. That's fine. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I carried Ballpark it, pizza. I yeah, carried it around right? downtown Houston for like an hour before was I went home. Was it cooked longer than five minutes? Before I got it? Yeah. Like, was yeah, it was it a good was quality fine. pizza? Because sometimes they throw it in the oven for five minutes. They're like, that's definitely toasted. Yeah, because they got to get like enough cooked cheese. because there's so many people. Yeah. yeah no, it was it was solid. It was great. Um, I told well, you yesterday. You won, it was going to taste good no matter what. Yeah. Correct. I told you yesterday um, about the Philly fan chugging beer in the street afterwards, just surrounded by like 30 Astros fans. Yes. I don't know where that guy came from. I also told you about people jumping on cars. I did not see this. I saw it on a video later. I'm disappointed I didn't find this after the game. But I saw a video, two guys just playing bagpipes in the middle of the street <laughs> and people dancing around them. And I was I like, love it. these guys are great. Why did I find these guys after the game? So that was phenomenal. Uh, also, the following morning, I w- tried to go to the team store, right? Got an Uber. At, m- at Maid? Yeah, yeah. Got an Uber at like nine in the morning. I was like, all right, I'm going to go to the team store. The line was wrapped around two sides of the ballpark, out the door around two sides of the ballpark. I did not wait in line. I just, no, I walked. That would have been a disaster because it's, I, I don't know how big the team store is, but what is one of the situations where two have to leave for two to go in? Yes, I think that's what they were doing. That's a disaster. Uh, Limiting. And here's the thing. There wasn't anything I knew I like, I absolutely wanted to have. So I was like, "Ah, I'm not waiting in line for two. If there was like a shirt, I was like, I have to have that. I might have stuck it out, but I was just going to look and see what they had. And I was like, I'm not waiting. No. 
an hour, two hours more to do that. So I just walked and went and had breakfast somewhere. I had really good breakfast tacos. Those were absolutely delicious. So you, did have a- you didn't take them home? No, I ate those there. I was okay. actually hungry because I didn't eat pizza the night before. So, uh, yeah, I ate those there. Um, I also wanted to let you know, Ed. Last six seasons, the Astros have been to six ALCSs, four World Series, one, two of those World Series. They're the uh, first team in Major League Baseball history to win a playoff series in six straight seasons and the first or the first team to go to six straight uh, LCSs since Major League Baseball made the playoffs more than four teams, right? Dominant run here. And I want to let you know they're going to be good for a while. Well, is the pitching stain? Because if the pitching stain, yes. they're going to be good for a while. So Justin Verlander is likely to become a free agent. I actually think the Astros will re-sign him because the Astros I think owner the Astros are re-signing him. loves him. Spirit of 35 knows no bounds. I would prefer 35. He's like 45 soon. He's going to be Tom Brady here in a minute. Though. Oh, that's right. Oh, God. Here we go again with the 35 number. Um, <laughs> <laughs> even if they don't bring back Justin Verlander, they still have what? Where's my Where's my numbers here? Um, Lance McCullers and Luis Garcia are under contract or team control for four more years. Framber Valdez, Jose Arquidi, and Christian Javier for three more years, and their number one prospect Hunter Brown, uh, who they use as a reliever because they had too many starters. He's for five, maybe six more years. So no, if they keep their pitching, they're going to be one of the best teams, if not the best team. Right, their pitching is yeah. going to be phenomenal. Also, uh, the offense: their Altuve, Alvarez, Bregman, and Tucker are all back for at least two more years. Jeremy Pena, World Series MVP, and Chaz McCormick no, are Jeremy both Jeremy Pena's got to be five or six years. Yeah, for, I think they both have five. McCormick has one less. I think it's four and five for those. They do need to fill some holes at, like, first base and left field, but it's basically going to be the same core of the offense. Maybe Verlander leaves, but other than that, the same starting uh, pitching. And uh, the bullpen that had the lowest ERA in postseason history, four of their top five high-leverage guys are back next so season. So they're going to re-sign Dusty. Uh, they just announced. They just uh, got reported today that Dusty Baker's coming back. So is the general manager James Click. Right. Uh, they got one-year deals. Yeah, they won try the World win, Series. Trying to win it again and got one-year deals. Yeah. <laughs> try to win it again. Just keep coming back and keep if you keep winning it. The there has been so much reporting about how none of those three people can work together. The owner, the GM, and the head coach or the manager. Like the owner and the manager seem to like each other, and neither one of them seem to like the general manager. Yeah, but he's done a hell of a job. If I that's mean, the team he put together. He took. He hasn't done a whole lot to change the current team. Like he kind of he inherited like seven of the nine offensive players that played in Game Six, and all of the starting pitchers he inherited. I guess he technically, he inherited that much. He technically inherit. He technically signed Verlander back, and he he the, the main thing he did was he had four of the five main relievers. He are are his guys. Right. So well, but, but the the starting pitching and the offense. He did not acquire any of those players. They were either already on the roster or prospects that they called that they up called up and have been phenomenal. Yeah. So well, he's he, not ushering in a generational cheating scandal either. So that's a plus. I hope he is. We need to start you cheating more. You don't need more. another <laughs> illegitimate chip. They're all legitimate. Uh, There's still a banner in Minute Maid Park that says 2017. As is it's great. the shortened season. Yeah, I don't know about that. Ed. As is the shortened season. There's a banner. Try got a win, banner. Try winning a World Series when you got to play a whole we, year. We got a banner. <laughs> you know? We got a banner. Try try winning it when you oh, play no. the whole season. Look at him. Degenerate Danny. Yeah, Danny's in here. He's a Nationals fan. He kind of ruins this whole thing yeah. because the Astros legitimately should have three titles in the last six years, but they lost game six and seven at home to that terrible Nationals team. God, it still is annoying. That's one of the most frustrating things the Astros have ever done is not win that World Series. I thought Brutal. you were going to say last year. Although no, the Braves were good. The Braves and the Astros, the Astros should have beaten the Braves. They were favored to win that series, and the, but the Braves are... 
more competent of an organization than the damn Washington Nationals, who had like three good pitchers and like three good hitters, and then oh, Howie Kendrick hit the foul pole in Game Seven, and that's how they won. <laughs> Look at Danny. God, it's unbelievable. Danny is is a degenerate sitting here making bets. I think he probably is. He got his phone. He's got out. a stylus out. That's how he legit does. it is. Coming up that. next, Ryan Wallace joins the show. This isn't the Alex Ovechkin Power Hour. This is the VGK Update with Ryan Wallace. Follow him on Twitter at RyanHockeyGuy. I'm out. Hello, Ryan. Hey, Ryan. Hey, boys. How you doing? All right. I have an important question for you. Um, I, I need you to pick a single game on the schedule. When do the Golden Knights lose next? I don't know. Never? Uh, I'm taking that as a never, if that's the answer. <laughs> uh, I I think it, I mean, listen, I, I think that you, you win seven in a row, you're 11 and two. I, I feel like you're inclined to believe that this is going to go on forever. Um, the NHL would tell us that it's not going to, but you, you know me, Tyler. Like, I'm not going to pick against the Golden Knights on a day that they play, and I'm certainly not going to pick this team to lose to Buffalo. So, um, I don't know, sometime... Sometime maybe next week. The Coyotes. The Coyotes next week. Ryan Wallace says they'll lose to the Coyotes on November 17th. I mean, Toronto lost to the Coyotes. Some good teams are losing to the Coyotes. Who knows? Ah, wait. Too bad. It's in Vegas. I was hoping it was going to be in that small that Arizona State little uh, closet out there. Tyler, they they don't return home until like next year. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. They're not playing any more home games. Oh, what a setup there. That's like the best. Wait, Lindsay, did you guys have better locker rooms? Uh, in college than what the no, Coyotes... No, I played women's sports, so no. There were no locker no. rooms at all. But I will yeah, say yeah. that the Golden Knights did get their ass kicked the last time they went to Buffalo, and so it's kind of setting up. Yeah. All right, who scored... Wait, wait. All right, here's another question, Ryan. You can give me an answer on this one. Who has more points on Thursday? Alex Tucker, Jack Eichel? Jack Eichel. All right. Jack all right. Eichel. I I don't think, and, and this this to be clipped, and it can come back to bite me in the butt. I, I don't really care if it does. I don't think the Golden Knights are losing to Buffalo. I really don't think that's happening. I think that this is a game that everybody in that locker room wants for Jack Eichel. I think Jack wants to absolutely destroy his former team, and it didn't go the way that that the Golden Knights wanted it to when Jack made his homecoming to Buffalo. I think this time around, it's a different story. I think Jack Eichel goes absolutely bananas in Buffalo uh, to finish off the road trip. So they have a better chance tonight of losing. Yeah, I mean, that that would make sense, right? Like, I, I think that if you're going to have a letdown on this trip, it, it, it makes more sense that it happens here against the Toronto Maple Leafs team that is, is playing better of late and wants to continue to prove to their media that they're actually a legitimate contender. So <laughs> the tougher game to me is certainly this one against Toronto. I think there's a lot of storylines and narratives going into Buffalo. I just don't think that that's a game this team is going to allow themselves to lose. What is harder for a Maple Leafs player, proving to themselves they're a legitimate contender or proving to the Toronto media that they're a legitimate contender? Oh, the media, 100%. 100%. It's <laughs> not even a question. Wait, do you believe Toronto is a legitimate contender this year? I don't think they're any different than they've been the last couple of years. The, the only problem with Toronto is they've never won, right? Like, you can, you can continue to back them. You can continue to support them. But like until they're able to win four of seven when it actually matters, you're never going to fully buy into the Toronto Maple Leafs. You're just not. Are they going to be the Tampa Bay Lightning? 
Well, if they would have been the Tampa Bay Lightning, they'd have done it like three years ago. Yeah, yeah, but like the Lightning, I mean, I know they won one like in the early 2000s, but they like didn't do it for so long, and then they just no, decided no, to win every season. Tampa was different, Tyler. Like Tampa went to the Stanley Cup final in 2015. Like they've been deep in the playoffs Nobody before. Cares about that. And then they had that, that one blip on the radar when John Tortorella strangled the life out of games for four straight. Like the, the thing with Tampa is like they learned, and at least they had, had gotten to that point before. Toronto's never been out of the first round. Like, this core has never been able to find a way to get out of the first round, and they've lost those series in devastating fashion, up 3-1, up 3-1 in Game 7, only to find themselves on the losing side of things. Like, until they win, I'm not going to buy them as a legitimate contender. And even if they win a round, it doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot. Like, good, congratulations. This is something you should have done three, four years ago, not at this stage where, where they're at in their core. Man, you're worse than Toronto yeah. media. Jeez. I mean, I still think they're a good team, but yeah, they're, they're a like source it. of entertainment for everybody. It's great. Who, if it's a pairing, if it's a person, is the MVP of the Golden Knights right now? Is it too easy of an answer? Um, I, I mean, I think it's too easy. Recency bias will probably say Jack Eichel just because, you know, you look at two wins in particular, the one against the Winnipeg Jets where he scores that amazing overtime goal, and then the very next game against Washington where he sets up Chase Theodore. Like, those are very impactful plays, valuable plays. It led to four standings points for the Golden Knights, which, you know, you look at individual players. I don't know that you can say more have had a, a bigger impact, at least recently. Um, I don't think it's goaltenders because I think the Golden Knights defensive system has been really, really, really good. Um I mean, I'm here for the argument for William Carlson. I know we put the poll up. I was the one that lobbied for William Carlson. Him sitting at 10 points 13 games into the year as your second-line center, potentially third-line center, if there's more balance at times, is a really good sign for the Golden Knights. He does so much defensively. He, he's, he's been so good this year. Um, that overall value to your team, I, I don't know that there's a player that's had a bigger impact or more value than William Carlson, uh, but, you know, I, if, if you paid attention to our poll, it was Logan Thompson, and it was Logan Thompson by a wide, by a slim margin over Jack Eichel. Uh, does it matter that Laurent Brossois gave up like five goals in Henderson? I yeah, I mean, I think it does matter. Um, you know, you you want to see Laurent come back and dominate that level, and you know, it, it's only three games or you know six days, so there's not like a whole heck of a lot of time to get your game online. But I think that you certainly want him if he's going to play again and i would i would suggest he does i think you're going to want to see growth and you're going to want to see him put in a really strong performance because you know five goals in the ahl i don't think is enough to convince anybody that you want to go with loren brossois over one of aiden hill or logan thompson right now is there a trade possibility for Laurent brossois like when you look out there is there a, a possible team that would actually give up something for a goalie coming back off an injury that won't have shown at the nhl level just yet yeah, I mean, I, I think the team the Golden Knights are playing against tonight, the Toronto Maple Leafs, could probably look for or use another goalie. Matt Murray's still on the shelf with an injury. Not really sure what the timeline is, but perhaps another week or so on Matt Murray. If that's going to be the case, then maybe you hold Pat. But if Murray's going to be a bit longer, and Ilya Samsonov is, is going to be out longer term, he went down a couple of games ago for Toronto, and you know Eric Schalgren is, is shaky at best for Toronto over the next couple of uh, couple of games, then I think that there's an avenue for the Toronto Maple Leafs to look at bringing in another goaltender. I think they're in wait-and-see mode right now to, to get information on the injuries that they've got uh, at that position. But, um, 
you know, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs have to make the playoffs. They have to find a way to win. And if they're not getting strong enough goaltending and you've got your, your number one and number two guy out longer term, you're going to have to make a, a decision and, and bring somebody in. Asked Lindsay this yesterday. Talk about the Josh Anderson hit and uh, how egregious it was. Yeah, it was it was a bad hit, like all the way around. I, I you know, there was no real need for it in the moment. Um, I'm glad Alex Petrangelo wasn't seriously hurt. I think that's kind of the saving grace in all this. And you're seeing a team in the Golden Knights that, if there are questionable hits, they're not they're going to take exception. And I think one thing we, you know, we we look at with this team, team toughness, and in, in the in the aftermath of not having Ryan Reeves, I would argue it's as good as it's been. You're you're seeing different guys step in in those moments where there are questionable hits. And you like to see that. Is Phil Castle going to score another goal? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it'll happen. I, I think your bet with Mallard's looking pretty good. It though. is. It is pretty good. Under, what did he get? 17 and a half, I think. I'm going, we're going under 17 and a half. Yeah, under 17 and a half. We're killing it right there. It's going to be, it's going to be great. All right. Uh, I got a uh, football situation and I, I want to know if you can come up with a hockey analogy. The Colts fired their head coach and then hired an interim coach that was a former player that uh, was on TV, maybe even the same day that he got hired as the Colts head coach. Um, <laughs> who like who in hockey is just like on TV, has never coached before, would just get plucked out to be an interim if a team fired their coach right now? So it's not like a perfect metaphor or perfect analogy here, but like Martin St. Louis would be the name that comes to mind for me, uh, the current coach of the Montreal Canadiens. Um, now, he's coached, but not at the NHL level, not at the AHL level, like not in a professional uh, level at all. Like He's coached junior hockey. He's done all that since retiring. But former player, won an MVP, uh, just a phenomenal undersized uh, player that won a Stanley Cup with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, Marquand St. Louis was hired last year uh, by the Montreal Canadiens as an interim, and he was brought on full-time over the course of the offseason. And he's got that team playing marginally well. Uh, we just saw Montreal. There's no quit in that in that organization. They've got some good young talent. And he's been able to unlock Cole Caulfield. So uh, it worked somewhat at the NHL level with Martin St. Louis. But until the Montreal Canadiens return to relevance, I think that you know you're, you're still waiting to see how that experiment really does work out. Don't forget about Rod the Bod in Carolina either. He's probably a, a more uh, season success story in that analogy, though. Uh, it, yeah, it is Rod for sure, but you know, I'm, I'm going with with recency. I'm going with the the one that's front of mind, and I'm going with the one that, that frankly was kind of an eye opener, like kind of a head scratcher. In, in that you, you really didn't have Martin Saint Louis on the radar at all, and you've got a team that's not expected to be good, but he's got them playing a little bit better. So maybe for Colts fans, there's there's solace in the fact that you know Martin Saint Louis was able to do it. Maybe maybe they're able to figure it out. I, I don't know. Well, he is Ryan Wallace. The Golden Knights play tonight, 4 o'clock start. He'll have you uh, for the pregame, intermission, and postgame shows over on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks, Ryan. It. All right, thanks, guys. Uh, so Ryan Wallace on the Golden Knights. Again, 4 o'clock start tonight against the Maple Leafs over on Fox Sports Las Vegas. And now we got more tickets to give away. If you want to go see Post Malone Friday, November 11th. This is Friday at T-Mobile Arena. Call in now, 702-364-1100 is the phone number. If you want to go see Post Malone on Friday, 702-364-1100. We'll take caller number 12 at 702-364-1100. Wake up. For, for anyone else or any other organizations, the only thing I can do is sit here and speak for the Astros and uh, my teammates and myself. And 
And, um, you know, we, we crossed the boundary. I think, you know, we broke the rules, and we're sorry. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Greeny and Tyler Bischoff. Don't be sorry. Tell him to suck it. Um, I told you this during the break, but I am glad I had an extremely early flight in Houston because my Airbnb was two blocks away from the parade route. And I might not have been able to actually get to the airport if I had had a flight in the middle of the day yesterday. Uh, I don't think you would have. No. I mean, it was... You would have just gone to the parade, even though you don't like parades. I'm disappointed you didn't go to the parade. You're disappointed I didn't go? I know you're not a parade person, but you're in the town that your team wins a championship. I went to the game. Yeah, you went to the clinching game. I saw the game. Why not go to the parade? I don't need to go to the parade. I saw the game. They didn't even have a day to sober up or anything. Could you imagine the debauchery? Yeah, they. I don't know how they all got there. They never left. I mean, they they mustn't have ever. They took the the goggles off from the champagne and they just hopped on the floats. Oh. Get the parade. Should have the Boy, parade. Boy, talk right about after the being game. cocky that you're going to win it all. I, I've never like we were saying like <laughs> I'll be another when they, one when they said it was going to be a parade. I'm like, wait a minute, they won it like six hours ago. They're planning next year's parade too. Yeah, I was going to say they probably had it going in. To game six, they probably had everything scheduled for Monday. Yeah. It was like, hey, as yep. soon as the game's over, let's get to work. They played the Phillies. Come on. They hey. had it ready. To, they had it ready to go when they got the Yankees in the ALCS. So you weren't nervous when the Phillies were up two to one? I mean, nervous because they were losing in a playoff series, but Ed and I talked about it. I still felt good about the Astros yeah. winning the series. It yeah. wasn't, yeah, like. Game four yeah, was everything. Fine. Their pitching was just too good. It's yeah. Phenomenal. Stole the soul the night after you yeah. smoked them seven nothing. It's not yeah. going to go well for you the rest of the way. The uh, So the day after they won, when I went and got my delicious breakfast tacos, I got an Uber back to my Airbnb. And the guy who picked me up was like, yeah, I just dropped off somebody back at home who hadn't gotten home yet from the game. From the, the game? Before. Yeah. <laughs> Lucky you. You didn't have to deal with the after effects. Yeah. That's great. good. What, that was great. Responsible. What did, your, what did your breakfast taco consist of? It was uh, <laughs> carnitas, scrambled eggs, um, beans, and cheese. That's, and it was phenomenal. So they didn't forget the amazing. cheese. They did not forget the cheese. No, not like the nachos I had earlier in the week. No, no. I watched them make this. So they asked me if I wanted cheese. And I said, oh, and pico. Pico was that delicious. Sounds too. like an amazing. It was an taco. incredible taco. I was very happy that I found this random place. The other thing about downtown Houston, everything's closed on Sundays. Like I looked up like breakfast places in downtown Houston, and the top three on whatever listing website were closed on Sundays. Ridiculous. That's okay. The tacos were great. You found a place. Yeah, and they were phenomenal. Was it a taco cart or was it a uh, actual restaurant? Actual restaurant. Oh, okay. Yeah. Phenomenal cart. Yeah. Phenomenal trip. It was great. By the way, you cast your bet I did. on the state of Texas to win the World Series. I did. I, back in February. <laughs> I think Arlington will take that in, too, and say the state of Texas That's won a World Series. Only one team has in the state of Texas. Um, back in February, I put 20 bucks on the Astros won the World Series. Nice. Yeah. I got to go cash that. What were those odds? Like, those couldn't be great odds. 12 to 1. In the, February? The Astros yeah. were like 7th or 8th best team, according to Sportsbook odds, to start the year. And I was like, yeah, I don't believe you. So I put... Because normally the only thing I really bet on is uh, the Super Bowl. I'll just bet on random stuff to win the uh, like random props. props. And stuff? Yeah, yeah. And then when I was going and cashing out the ones I won, you I saw like, the Astros. Yeah, they're like twelve to one, and I was like, yeah, they're better than that. I'm going to bet on them, and now I get and to go cash. cash it. Now you get to go cash it. Yeah, it's great.
Well, what is? Are you pulling up World uh, Series odds? If you're interested, oh no, uh, here we go. The Astros are plus five fifty for next year. Ah, that's not very good. Dodgers what? are five to one. They're the first. They're the yeah, top spot. why wouldn't they be? Unbelievable, <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> I hate that. I was talking Ed, about that yesterday. That top, makes me sick. Top five are Dodgers, Astros, Braves, Yankees, Mets. Here's here's what we're getting, Ed. Twenty twenty three. We finally get the Dodgers and the Astros back in the World Series, and it's going to be phenomenal.